filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Steely he is <laughs> just jumping up and down on yes. me. Twitter says I am the my, my Steely level is Dan, so I'm just gonna for, for leave all it of there. our listeners for all of our listeners who uh, are not into 70s prog rock or whose parents did not make them live listen to 70s prog rock prog rock. Uh, we're sorry, prog rock. But this is just how we are this is just our age and 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 what we are right now but also also adam had an amazing autocorrect um yes he did in instead which of steely, steely dan, dan became steely adam <laughs> <laughs> and which, that is uh, how steely i am yeah uh this is like uh if you're familiar with that tweet about the grink where the person details they're getting trapped on an uh an island for years and years and how crazy it was and their friend as soon as they finish the story is like uh my my friend who i one time accidentally texted about the grink too and like was the grink there um this is kind of like that for me at least i feel like uh steely adam is now replaced the band steely dan in my mind so adam you're gonna be hearing about this for a long time i'm sorry but i've got a group of friends who one day a guy instead of a sad, he was trying to talk about something horrible that happened. Instead of saying sad day, he said fad day. And now that's been, that's been like four years of material. Perfect. <laughs> like, oh man, like my grandpa died. It was a really fad day. I was like, oh! Sounds <laughs> like a lot a really, of fad days over yeah, the last really, uh, year or so. All these days were a really steely Adam. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope our days become more steely than fad going <laughs> forward. Adam, you're going to need to be Steely in the face of the onslaught of Steely Adam references that you're going to face tonight and also in the future. Yeah, I I don't know how how much Steel is known for just rolling with it, but uh, I guess I mean, you do not, roll Steel. So. It, 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 it's not. It's known for being stiff and brittle. Yeah, so we're going to see how this goes. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United, and Jason and Ben are Liars podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always by Jason Anderson and Ben Bromley. And this week, excuse by me, special... excuse me, you're known as Steely Adam. I am Steely Adam. Uh, <laughs> this week, we are also joined by the one and only Nate Scott of For the Win in USA Today. Uh, we are all here to talk about DC United to the extent w- that we can. We're told there was a preseason friendly on Friday. We're going to try to talk about it. We're going to complain a lot about the fact that we can't really talk about it. And later in the show, we're going to talk about the regular season schedule. Before we do anything, though, Nate, you're our guest tonight. What are you drinking? I am drinking a other half triple dream cut imperial oat cream India pale ale, which uh, other half is a brewery in D.C. I had no idea about. Apparently, it's phenomenal my staff as a as a gift to me for becoming a new dad gave me this wonderful beer and i'm drinking it and it's 10 percent alcohol so we're gonna see how this all goes so combine that with the uh 
the insomnia of being a new dad. You're going to be a lot of fun if you stick around for the second second. Let's go. Let's get nuts. <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I made a, a classic uh, dark and stormy, uh, except I don't have, I, I had one lime and it was like hard as a rock. So now I have no limes. Um, and I had to go to the old, uh, the bottom shelf uh, lime juice bottle to uh, fill this out. But, you know, other than that, classic dark and stormy goslings, dark rum, uh, Q brand, um, uh, ginger beer, which uh, I guess it sucks now that I've said Q brand out loud. It sucks for them that, that they are, uh, their brand is now aligned with something bad, probably. Or at least, like, it sounds like it is. Uh, I don't think that they are a QAnon supporting a drink company, but I, I don't know. Maybe they are. I hope not. Yeah, I remember back when I was truly Let's young and naive. Let's just commit some liquor libel. Let's go. Let's... <laughs> people, people are saying. I, I don't know if it's true. <laughs> oh, God. I remember back when I was truly young and naive and had no idea what QAnon was. I was like, does this have anything to do with Star Trek The Next Generation? No, no, Adam. It sadly, sadly did not. Ben, what are you drinking? I'm drinking. I don't know if this. I don't know if this has a name. People can educate me. It's it's sweet vermouth and vodka because I I just want to do something a little different. Uh, I don't know if it's Nate good. Almost yeah. Out his beer there is, ben, that's I think. I think. <laughs> I think the I name of that drink is my now head Nate's around what that take. would taste like. Uh sweet vermouth. Okay, Ben. I th- I, I want to propose the name College Experiment. <laughs> this is a college experiment. Um, is what I would call I this drink. I, I don't think I ever had sweet vermouth until after college. Well, no, but if you're at college, you're like, I know this is an alcohol. I don't know what to do with it at all. So I'm going to give it a shot and I'm going to pour it guys, in something. Y'all, I it's don't recommend good? it. I no. don't recommend it. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't. Uh, I am I drinking... Bur- uh... I, have bourbon, I have bourbon downstairs. I should have put bourbon in there instead of... Yeah. Uh, that makes yeah. a little more sense. <laughs> That that actually is closer to a drink. Yeah. Throw some bitters in there in a cherry or an orange slice and or an orange peel, and you're much closer to something. Uh, I'm just drinking red wine tonight. Uh, got a cheap but decent bottle of Merlot Malbec from Chile. It's good. I like it. So I'm drinking it. We're all over the map. We are. Yeah. We got beer, wine, and liquor tonight. So good work, team. Uh, covering covering the board. Um, to the soccer, DC United, as I said at the top, reportedly played their USL championship affiliates, Loudoun United, on Friday afternoon. We're told that they won 5-1 to one on the back of goals by Ola Kamara, Frederick Briant, and... We don't know who else. Um, it may have been an Andy Nahar hat trick. It may have been Me? three goals by people we don't know. Who, who knows? We don't know. may have been Jason. It, yeah, I, I, mean, I've, I, I have I've publicly claimed to, that I, I may have scored the goals. You're the only person to have done so. So I think <laughs> just by the record, we have to give them to Jason. Congrats what, on the hat trick, dude. What I love so much about it was that they showed the Brian goal like filmed in like 4K in slow oh, motion. Yeah. Beautiful. And then it was just like everyone left the stadium and they, they cut off all cameras <laughs> and they were like, no word will be spoken about this. It was like, I was like, okay, we're getting footage. We're getting some highlights. And it was like, nope, not only no more highlights. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, just a, a, some acknowledge. I mean, we did find out that Kairu Mustafa scored Loudon's goal. They named uh, Loudon's goal scorer. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, we we don't even know exactly who played. We we know the starting lineup. We know some of the subs, but that's it. Uh, so 
Yeah, they didn't tell us when the the trialists or unsigned players. It could have been academy players. Who knows? Um, Could have been Jason. It it was, in fact, Jason. Uh, (laughs) But they didn't. They they said when DC United players came into the game, but not when other players came into the game or who they may have come in for, which means to the unique frustration, I think, of Jason and me we can't update our minutes tracker that we've been running for the past several years to try to figure out who's playing where in preseason and what the likely depth chart actually is. Um, I don't know how many people outside of us actually care about it, but it's really frustrating to me. Yes. Adam that they won't give like us just most basic information spreadsheet and we just can't use it for this game. Well, I mean, I think there is a decent amount of people who uh they're not casual fans they're diehard fans but there are a decent amount of people who want to see this happening they want to know what's happening in preseason uh there's a reason that uh major league baseball the nfl lots of other uh sports leagues show their preseason games it's because people are interested in it like there is a decent amount of people, uh, all of us on this call and a decent amount of other people included who want to see these games and want to just like watch some soccer after a hellhole of 2020. We just want to watch some soccer and like forget about 2020. And like, it's just, and it's not, it's not just about that, but it's like, just give us this little bit, like, it's you're not hiding tactical manipulations just by not showing these games. It's like, if you show them, you're getting your fans interested and you're getting your fans ready for a season after being off for six months. I also think this year more than any in the last decade in DC, like for the first time in however many years, we don't know how DC United is going to look or play like, you know, and like, I really want to know. I really want to know what I like. I want to see less like I've read the articles that were written over in Belgium and I've watched kind of a few highlights here and there. Um, This more than any other year that I can remember being a DC United fan. Like, I just, I don't know what this team will look like. I don't know what the front line will be like. I don't know how, like how Lasada plans on, you know, freeing up Julian Gressel, how he wants to play the kids. Are the kids going to play? Like there are so many questions. There's so much, interest i think especially among the fans that dc united should be talking to and should be getting them excited about this and they're not losada's system seems like it will get people excited and you can have that going into the first week of the season by just showing a couple of preseason games like you get the diehard fans saying oh my god this is so much more fun than what we've watched for the last few years and they're going to talk to their friends and more people watching on TV just from the word of mouth and people being legitimately excited about a really progressive and vertical fast-paced system but instead we won't even be able to see the friendly tomorrow we're recording this on Tuesday night we won't even be able to see Wednesday's friendly against Philadelphia even though Philly will be streaming it yes but they are geofencing it to the Philly market and DC is not extending that to us um and i don't know if that's dc's choice or if philly are being dicks about it or what but i assume it's dc's choice at this point i'm sure dc united could figure it out if they wanted to and that's well that's this it's like a multiple level frustration thing for me because on one hand like this the game the game that has been played the loudon game 
It's between DC and their affiliate. It's at DC's home stadium. They had total control over it. That's them choosing not to do it or not, or yeah. maybe they were like, cause I, I think a few years ago, we ran into a thing where the team did have stuff down there with them in Florida for Florida preseason. And they said, we tried to set up at that uh, Joe DiMaggio athletic complex that they would play games at. They tried to set up and the league said the broadcast wouldn't be up to some unknown standard that the league has for preseason games. So they were told by the league they couldn't put the game out. So be it. But if you're at home, you got all that stuff. You can meet that standard. And maybe if the standard was too high for your Florida trip a few years ago, you've had some time to then catch up and get to that standard and meet it this time. Um, And then with the Philly game, this is a game where the union are doing all the hard work. All you have to do is be like, can we also do the same geofence thing? I assume as an MLS requirement, since all the teams appear to be doing that. Um, Which is also so pretty dumb. It's Yeah, that I mean, MLS is also very dumb about how they handle preseason um, as well. So it's it's not just DC, it's also the league. Um, but yeah, you like get on, get the, the stream like hooked up for your site as well. Um, or, and this is my least favorite option, but it's still better than what we've got, which is just have the, have the competitive, the soccer side of the organization, whether that's Lozada or Dave Casper or someone with authority on the soccer side of the organization, straight up come out and say, like, we don't want other people to see what we're going to do. We want the element of surprise. So we're not letting people know. We understand you're irritated. We're doing it for competitive reasons. That's not going to be great for anyone, but at least it's it gives us some reason to be like, okay, they made the decision for something, and it's not just like we have a void of information, so we'll fill it in with whatever bad thoughts we have, which is what we have now. Yeah, and I don't know. I I feel like there is uh, a not an understanding of the sophistication of the fans who would actually care about preseason games, which is like we know it's going to be ugly. We know they're going to throw people in there out of position yeah. to see if it can work. Like. If anyone is sitting through a DC United preseason game versus Loudon, like those are going to be sophisticated fans. It's, not it's us. It's us nerds. Like, exactly. give the nerds what we want. We exactly. just want to love you, DC United. <laughs> exactly. Like, nine minute wing back. We know that's not like okay. Sure. Like, let's just see. Like, we don't care. Like, I, I think that there is. Uh, in the way that the NFL and MLB has just ripped the bandaid off and and told the competitive side, like, listen, do your thing. This is really just, you know, absolute fan service for the people who truly, truly care. Everyone understands we can all be adults here. Like, I, I, I think that would be the way of going about it. Yeah. The other thing the NFL and MLB have that ML that MLS doesn't, but MLS clearly wants is a big gamblers market. And gamblers need every bit of information they can get, at least the the higher stakes ones. And so they push. That's why the NFL is very transparent on injury reports, and MLS is not, <laughs> because I know nobody I've, needs them to be. I know I've told this story before, but I'll tell it one more time, just because it's been a couple of years. But when I covered uh, the Richmond Kickers, a USL team, uh, regularly in 2013, 2014. There was somebody who was in the press box from uh, who was uh, uh, feeding information back to Austrian gamblers because they just needed something to gamble against. And they decided that like paying a freelancer a little bit of money to be in the Richmond Kickers press box to give them constant updates for 
Austrian gambling was just worth it for them. Like, come on. It's just like MLS, just do it. Come on. Still, I feel like if you're in Austria and you try and place a bet on a Richmond kickers game, they should just immediately send you to like, like Like, that's just a straight, like you push the button and there's just your family's at your house and there's an intervention. Like that's my my first thought of that. Isn't, isn't gambling addiction. My first thought of that is, Oh oh, shoot. That's a risk. Someone on Richmond, (laughs) someone is offering them money right now to do something bad. I don't think that ever happened, but it, I sat next to the guy who was the uh, Austrian analyst for like that entire season. And he, yeah, he was just feeding information back and he was like asking like really specific questions about like, oh, who got fouled on that one? Like who, who committed that foul? <laughs> right. Just, oh, like, so they were deep into prop bets on that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> By the way, how many fouls will there be? If anyone's listening in Austria who wants to bet on the DC Premier League, I am available to be bought like for a shockingly <laughs> They're going to have to send someone to watch, though. Yeah, sure. That's fine. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's it's like, they're going to stream it on her iPhone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll just put it on Twitter, live video or something. This is, we're going to start getting, like, I, I've received, like, the random, like, European-based gambler being like, who takes penalties for DC United? Um, like urgently begging me to tell them like, or like, I remember there was a stretch where I kept getting, um, if I mentioned that I was at a spirit game, I would get a gambler asking me if Mal Pugh was starting or not. And I was like, oh, this must be just a weird, uh, Stan account. And then over time I started putting it together. I was like, this is a person who is just trying to bet on like a prop bet on the lineup maybe uh or something like that like this is just a person who gambles a lot who is asking well, me questions that it looks an awful lot like a, a stan which is not necessarily territory you want to end up being in y'all y'all i'm just going to tell you this to anyone across this entire globe do not place bets on major league soccer you're going to lose money mm-hmm. but, I mean, if it ups your entertainment value and you're in a financially secure enough position to pay whatever amount to to have that that entertainment value, fine. Don't don't make a living on it. If you if you have that much if you have that much money, go to patreon.com slash filibuster and support us instead. This is this is occurring to me that this is not that different from uh, Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems and his insane parlay. Um, except now you're betting on like the Colorado Rapids to score three on. You should, uh, no, you should Houston. not do this. <laughs> Don't you do should this. not do this. Uh, but yeah, like yeah. I, I, I honestly want a documentary to be made about human beings who bet on the earthquakes last season and just like <laughs> just like understand like what that mu- like. Can you imagine like the, the I was physiological honestly, impact? Oh my god! Like like. <laughs> No one is alive who bet consistently yeah. on those yeah. games. Like that's, I I shudder to think about their fans. But if you had money riding on that team, like, right? Insane. I mean, I think DC United is aiming for that same kind of territory for the next year Good. or two. So, it's D- DC plays San Jose in Week Three. By the way, yeah. Uh, if you if you want to if you want to also bet on the five five uh, uh, Losada yep. getting his five five in the U.S., that's the game to bet on. And that's part of the qualification for the U.S. Open Cup. We'll get yeah. we'll get into that in the second yeah. segment more. But, Let's go back to the Loudon uh, DC friendly that no, may or may not have happened. No, whatever um, it is. Yeah, uh, we we do have the starting lineup from that game. It's probably the first unit. Um, 
unlike the the other preseason game against Greenville Triumph, where it was kind of a split squad in either half of the game that was actually played in three periods. The math is too complex to get into here. Uh, we actually saw one unified first unit for this game. Um, I guess the first thing that jumped out to me is that we saw Heinz Ike, Briant, and Pines right to left in a back three, which uh, we thought they would probably go to a back four without Burnbaum there. But it looks like Losada really is just, he's going forward with the three back. I mean, it's something that if you want them to learn how to play out of that system the way he wants to play, you have to start work on that now. Whereas I think, and we, I think we kind of alluded to this in a previous episode that, um, if you need to play with a back four, this group of players most likely has had the experience to know how to work together to some degree in a four. So um, it might just be, we're still early enough in the Losada's coaching time with the team that it might just be like, look, I need you guys to learn this. And maybe to start the season, we might have to go a different way temporarily because as he's emphasized, anytime it's come up, he's like, I'm not a formation like dogmatic kind of guy. Like I'm willing to change depending on what we need at the time. Um, but if he wants this to be an option and if he wants it to be the main option or, you know, plan B or whatever, um, he's going to have to get them working on it uh, more. I, I think then most likely there's more need to spend time on playing with a back three in his system for this group of players than playing out of a four, three, three or four, four, two diamond or whatever his other back four option would be. Um, so I think that's mostly that and the fact that like he does have three available center backs right now, plus uh, Michael DeShields and anyone they might happen to sign. Who knows? We, they, we could have missed out on some of those guys playing in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's got to be part of it is just like this is where I'm going down the road. And they've already kind of told everyone like this is going to be a slow build. Um, so it's going to take some time. So rather than wasting that time, they've asked for time effectively. They've said like, don't expect the the greatest and winningest soccer you've ever seen to start the season. So if you're going to ask for that time, you better put it to good use. And I feel like this is down down that path. Nate, what position do you play in the DCPL? Uh, up up top. Okay, I'm like a lazy second striker. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then I'll ask you this question. Uh, we saw Assad and Flores maybe playing underneath of Kamara. We're not sure if that was a, a 10 underneath two striker, uh, you know, two wide mm-hmm. forward slash attacking midfielders underneath Kamara. Um, what are you hoping to see up top? What do you think of these three as the the first choice lineup? I think it's it. I think you have to let Kamara try and see if he can live up to the pedigree you you, you kind of have to just because he's shown he can do it I mean like I'm excited though that there's competition I'm excited that like if he doesn't figure it out like there are places to go and there are people to 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 you know who the hell knows I mean there's there's kind of uh I, I think you guys wrote about it for the first time and I can't remember when there's depth up top like that's that's mm-hmm. really excited exciting to me um you know, for me, I, I think Kamara will figure it out. I think Flores has to be like the project this year about, and that's got to be sort of like the, okay, we know what this player is capable of in the right situation. You know, what can we do to, you know, free him up and have him shine and have him create and have him be the player that I think we all know he's capable of being. And that's, 
what I'm interested to see. I don't know what role that will be, but I don't know. I You saw in fits and spurts, but for me, he's clearly a player that is at his best when he's uh, connecting with others, when he's playing off of people, when there's that interplay. Too often last season, he was a man on an island, and like that's just not who he is. And that is something that, I mean, like I'm an Assad stan, I'm a Gressel stan. Like, I, like for me, like I understand what Casper was going for, and all these people sort of, in theory, should be able to create stuff off each other. Should be, and like for me, that's what I'm really excited to see if Losada can unlock because all these players I adore, like in theory or have at times. You know, I love that Gressel tries stuff constantly, and I love everything that Assad does that's kind of hard to quantify. And I think I love Flores, you know, from what I've seen. And so for me, it's sort of like, okay, what 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 needs to happen up top? And, you know, I, I assume Lasada is smarter than me. But that that's kind of what, what I want to see and what I'm really curious about and, and how they create. Uh, I, I guess I, I realized one caveat I should put in on this this first unit talk for this lineup is that Steven Birnbaum and Bill Hamid are both still hurt and they yeah. would presumably slot right in as yeah. soon as they they're back. Um, the central yeah, midfield pairing they, was Canals they'd make, and Marine. They'd make that a, they'd make that a uh, two, three, five because, uh, because anyone who's be not on a coward plays a two, three, five. Yeah. <laughs> um, we saw a central midfield pairing of Canals and Moreno, which put a little bit of a damper on Jason's talk last week about Nyman, maybe. Sure. Uh, winning the starting job out of the gate. He's still got a chance. There's still a couple of weeks in preseason. I mean, he also, he came in at halftime. He wasn't one of the 60th minute subs that are, we've got two sets of subs and then a mystery after that. Um, but he came in at halftime for Canal. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that that's an accident. Um, I think he's still probably vying for it. And maybe it's the kind of thing where maybe, against a team that Lozada thinks, wow, this team's really, really good going forward, uh, attacking through the middle. We need the extra experience and defensive quality that uh, Moreno and Canals can bring as a pair as compared to Nyman. And then other games, maybe at home especially, um, maybe he goes the other way and says, like, look, we need to open up the game. I want to score more goals. I'm willing to take this risk uh, up the middle and maybe lose something in terms of that uh, experience up the middle in to gain the technical ability that Nyman brings. Um, the, the, I'm choosing to believe it, but uh, the fact that he came in a little earlier than that second group tells me that, you know, he's not, it's not just like, well, let's throw him out there and see what happens. Like it's now a couple games in a row. We don't have much else to judge it on. So at this point, I'm still like, no, 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 there's still a chance here for, for Nyman to not just get the um, thousand minutes that I'm still sitting around demanding, but also, like, maybe it's more than that. Why settle for only a 1,000? One thing I, I find interesting is that we've seen all three possible pairings of the three healthy central midfielders. There's there's a, a trialist in who's kind of making up numbers right now from, well, from well, Loudon. We can, say, we can say who it is because we've figured it out. Uh, it's Drew okay. Scundridge. Um, Scundridge uh, is in uh, yeah. getting significant minutes. Maybe, maybe he scored one of Jason's goals in the last game we more, don't know maybe more likely a goal scorer than me um just like i've seen him play <laughs> don't sell soccer. yourself short buddy um whereas even even at my very peak i was not much of a goal scorer uh in the best of times so um yeah uh 
it's an interesting thing because DC needs at least one more central midfielder. Just when you look at the way things are set up, if, if Assad's a 10, like it appears he's going to be, if he's not going to end up in that a little bit deeper role, like he did last season out of some necessity down the stretch there. Um, if he's not going to play in that kind of spot, then at that point, it's like, well, everyone else that can play centrally is also like Julian Gressel can play in the middle, but he's also the best right wing back available. When Paul Ariola comes back from loan, he could play centrally, but he doesn't really belong there. Um, so yeah, this is a team in need of someone in that spot. And I know um, from speaking with Alicia Rodriguez, who covers, um, who now covers every California-based soccer team on the planet, I feel like, um, but she watched a lot of Sacramento Republic games and she was like, I'm kind of surprised that he, that Skundrich isn't getting more of an, uh, more of an offer to play at the MLS level. So that's her, her judge. She's not biased in this at all. She's just like, I think the guy is good enough to play in the league. Um, so maybe that's, maybe that's why he's not just filling out the numbers. Maybe he's getting more time, but you know, again, we're still stuck with the uh, grass made straws because that's the straws are all that we've been given. Do Do we know? Lasada's track record with playing kids pretty strong uh i feel like at least he says it's pretty strong um, yeah he talks about it i think there was uh when they his what half a season in the second division in belgium yeah. in his just over one year or so in in the top flight or maybe just under one year in the top flight um he didn't have the strongest record of playing kids just because of bearscoat's unique circumstances mm-hmm. um and they they weren't going to bring up academy kids to play in the top flight right away uh but i know there were they had quite a few young guys on that team like early 20s guys but they weren't teenagers that were getting tons of minutes there but that they didn't have the teenagers on the roster who were of the quality of the league maybe i don't know one thing i i, I find interesting though is that we've now seen all three of the combinations Nyman paired with both Canaus and Moreno, and we've seen the combination of Canaus and Moreno. So it, it's not clear what whose role is what in that midfield, which is interesting to me. I want to see it. I want to know what their roles are. I want to know how they're, the, these different pairings are going to work together. Um, in any event, it, it was good to see the first team, you know, light up the, the farm team, basically. Uh, that that's what's supposed to happen when these teams meet and it doesn't always work out that way. So right. uh, I'm happy to see DC United win five to one in this game or, you know, hear about it, even if I, I couldn't see it. Uh, Nate, you're not just here by, by happenstance. We invited you here knowing that the third season of your podcast, the sneak is about to come out and uh, you're going to do some racing. Big yeehaw energy this season. <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks for letting me show for my podcast, guys. Yeah, uh, so I host The Sneak. It's a true crime podcast on USA Today, and it's an intersection of sports and true crime. And this season, we went looking for a NASCAR, former NASCAR team owner and crew chief, uh, kind of a genius in the sport, early days of the sport, who uh, maybe got involved in drug smuggling and then disappeared off the face of the earth in 1983. And his family's been looking for him ever since. And so we went and met with his family down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and spent uh, about six months trying to find this guy. So that's it's out April 8th. Yeah, April 8th. Starts out. The sneak. Cool. Yeah. So, Going to be fun. I, Definitely go listen to it. The first two two seasons are great. So Yeah, I, thank you. I, 
I did like I did legitimately listen to um all of them like day they came out um like as soon as I could because uh the first two seasons are both like extremely fascinating and also kind of weird um like the stories are legitimately strange which I think is is it's not just like true crime meets sports it's like you know I, I personally I feel like our listeners are probably aware that I'm kind of an oddball so for me it's like I want that hook of something that's just like not because I, I mean there are a million true crime podcasts um and so finding some other way in that's not like everyone listen to serial everyone listen to other things like that there are a billion of them um finding a different angle on it where it's not just the intersection of sports it's like you know the characters that nate that you came across the the actual real life people are just like you know people you don't meet people like this these are very unusual human beings and you guys are conveying that yeah season one was like weird funny and then season two got weird and then very dark and horrifying and yeah. like, uh spun completely out of control and like led to like possible restraining orders being taken out like for me <laughs> like uh so terrifying uh yeah i mean that we we've had some fun character studies this season's a little different in that we actually like decided to take on like a kind of a classic mystery and in, in that mm-hmm. we like i think in season one and season two we sort of knew how the story we wanted to tell and this one we were just like let's go and we'll just try and figure this whole thing out and thus a lot of it is about kind of just the investigative podcast the the process and then also just kind of losing our minds in you know turns out 40 year old cold cases not super like i was like oh i'll just (laughs) fire up the old google i'll have this thing figured out in an afternoon and no it didn't didn't like six months of phone calls and like Every single person I talked to would tell me that the previous two people I talked to were liars and scumbags. And then I'd be like, okay. And then I'd talk to another person. You'd be like, oh, that guy you just talked to? Total liar. And I'm like, okay. And that was just my life for six months. So, and I think they all, every single one of them lied to me more or less. So that that was fun. We're Ben and Jason on your your phone list at all because they are also liars. We've learned tonight. Exactly saying that they don't have a cold open and immediately jumping on me. Look, we all know my history in 70s and 80s NASCAR in the scene. Uh, so obviously it's no it's no coincidence that I ended up being a major part of this season of The Sneak. There you go. Rubbing his race in. We will be right back to talk about the regular season. We now have a schedule for DC United and we'll talk about it after the break. Stick around. It's filibuster. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you called the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or, or 
something to to that effect. If you uh, if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government, call the Ehrlich Law Office. Uh, if you want a free consultation, tell them we sent you. Go to EhrlichLawOffice.com slash filibuster. Welcome back to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. We have now less than three weeks to go before the 2021 season starts, and we finally have the full 34-game schedule. Uh, we know who DC United is going to be playing, not just the opener April 17th against NYCFC at Audi Field with 2,000 fans. We know the full 34-game schedule. That's a, That was very fast, Adam. Thank you. Professional delivery. <laughs> Only, you know, two and a half glasses of wine in, you know, you do what you can. Uh, I'm just going to throw it open. What jumped out to you guys about this schedule drop? I mean, my my major complaint remains uh, that and because I'm a fan since 96, this is always going to be my complaint until the league addresses it. Um, MLS has decided that DC versus Red Bulls is not a thing that they care about. And you can tell from the scheduling because it's the same thing every year where it's the games are like Sunday night and Wednesday night. Um, and so you can't have away fans or I mean, you can, but, you know, most people have to go to work on Thursday or Monday. Um, so those games end up being not nearly what they used to be in terms of away support. And I, I'm mad for on behalf of DC fans and on behalf of Red Bulls fans, because a bunch of those people are kind of, it's kind of the same. They're like the other side of the coin where it's, they've been through this thing forever. They followed that team when they were terrible. Um, they would come down to RFK and, and probably get beat, but they were still like, let's get on the bus and go do this. You know, we're going to yell our, our chance. And, um, this is like the there was a, such a long time where the league didn't have any of that except for this one rivalry is the only thing that they had going in that department and now they spend so much time they have rivalry week it is brought to brought to you by a sponsor who I'm not going to name because they don't pay me um and yet we're stuck with the league's original rivalry is still a, it's a game where it's like it's treated it's not just an afterthought it's like no, it's in our minds to treat it badly. Like we want yep. to marginalize this in favor of something else. And that sucks. There, there are three DC against Metro's games this year. None of them are during the official 10-day rivalry week period, which covers two different weekends plus midweek. Um, one of the games is a Sunday night. One of them is a Wednesday night. One of the games is a Saturday night. The one in Jersey is actually yes. a Saturday. But um, and, and it's, it's only, literally it's, on 9-11. Yeah, it's, it's a Saturday because it's not it's it's a commemoration of that because it would be um well, no, it wouldn't yeah, 20 years. So it's 20 I years, guarantee yeah. it's about that. Um and if that game if if 9-11 had been on a Monday, the game would have been on a Monday. Yeah. Um so I'm upset. I don't like it. I, I want the league to acknowledge its history that it has because it doesn't have very much. And it's it's had to like fake all this history the whole time. It's always been like we have to create this as we go because we don't have a, a history. We're starting this thing from scratch. You shouldn't be making that mistake 25 years later when you did build up some history. You should be like, hold on, this is a thing we actually like. It's now actually old. It, it, it We stuck around long enough and the thing became old. Um, and instead it's like, well, it's not new. Um, it's boring. Uh, we want to go back to having the Red Bulls and, and NYCFC be the rivalry and DC can deal with uh, Philly, who I don't know what to make of that. I, the, the players generally don't like each other, uh, but 
off the field, it seems like everyone's like, no, those guys are all right. They, they used to come down to DC games when they didn't have a team. I got no, no strong feelings one way or another. I mean, I remember when MLSsoccer.com tried to name that rivalry or, or make it a thing, the supporters groups and podcasts and blogs of both sides came together and said, we're going to name it ourselves. Uh, it ended up falling through because one of the, the families of one of the people we, that it was proposed we named it after objected. And so we didn't yeah. push forward with it, but it's a very friendly rivalry. It's a tailgate. It's a joint tailgate rivalry, not a bitter, bitter one with Philly. The Red Bulls, it's a bitter rivalry. Yeah. I, I really sort of struck in like, whatever, I don't know anything about marketing, but like, like that's something that I really think is so interesting that, that A, that they would A, try and like brand this. And like, if you want to do the Derby thing, okay, like have a Derby weekend, you know, like what, like what, I, I'm just so confused by this idea of we are going to market rivalries but we are going to design the, mar- the rivalries and tell <laughs> fans and dictate what the rivalries are in such a way that like, I don't know that like, that's the whole magic of it. You know, like, like, and, and if you want to go cross sport comparisons, like, like Lakers Celtics is a rivalry Lakers Clippers. It's like, Oh, they're in the same city. That's cool. They, they play in the same place, but that's not like something that like the nation turns into and like, you lean into the history. The history is what matters. The history is what adds meaning and depth. And and that's what I just can't understand that that MLS is, is so afraid of. I know it doesn't have a ton of history, but what as you said, what they have, they that should be gold for them. They should lean into that in, in real ways. And like DC United starting to get that as a club, but MLS, I think, to its detriment kind of refuses to do that they would rather control the narrative around rivalries than amplify the organic creations of their supporters which is bizarre to me like i let the people do the work for you and then just highlight it and also like it's more like if you're like oh the two new york teams anyone any idiot yes like from a marketing perspective like i get it they're both in the same city they don't like each other but if it's like you know dc united and red bulls hate each other why like that's something that like you want to understand more you want to learn the story you want to understand the context like that's cool that adds meaning that adds depth that adds understanding in a way that uh simplifying it as much as humanly possible like dc philly they're just down the road from each other you know like oh okay they're both on the acela like like that's i don't know yeah it's it's lazy you're right Ben, what jumped out to you in this schedule drop? I think the main thing that dropped out that uh, uh, jumped out to me was the amount of games that DC United is going to have to play during the Gold Cup. They're going to have to play a bunch of games during the Gold Cup. Uh, there's like a week or two off during the the initial part of it, but with uh, uh, the USMNT with uh, other teams that are in the gold cup. I, I think DC United is going to be missing a lot of players during that, that, that stretch of games. And it's going to really affect the team. Like if, 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 uh, uh, Paul Ariola 
is is back and and has recovered from his injury uh he's gonna come back from swansea and then he's gonna have a couple of games and then he's gonna hop off to the usmnt and he's, he's not gonna play a lot of games for dc united in this entire front half of the season and and there are other players who might get called up as well so uh i i I'm worried about the amount of games that players are going to miss during the gold cup. Yeah. MLS made a choice this year to, to take off most of the world cup qualifying related FIFA windows, but not to take off as much time during the gold cup. And they had to balance, obviously a compressed schedule. They're not starting the season until April this year, and they're getting a full 34 game schedule in they're not doing what they did last year with kind of an ad hoc shortened schedule but yeah there's gonna be some some choices maybe Paul Ariola gets his way up into the the world cup qualifying pool and you know the gold cup is probably going to be a b squad we don't have to worry about the olympics at least um, uh, uh i'm gonna try that, to make that, that a, a positive thing i really tried to turn that up at the end as, as, a, as a positive <laughs> i can upsell this yeah. thing <laughs> always be closing jason always be closing <laughs> um but they they obviously couldn't take off for every single tournament because all of the tournaments are happening um i think the thing that oh, oh nate i'm i'm sorry i should have asked you first what jumped out to you um you know the game we talked about earthquakes dc united that's the one that i was like <laughs> <laughs> any ain't literally anything could happen in that game and i that's one that i that's one that I kind of want to my friends in Europe who are a little MLS agnostic. That's when it's like, Hey guys, like make, make, try and get, catch this one because I promise you, like you will see if this league in all its glory, even though it is played at 10 o'clock Eastern Um, over under seven goals in that game. Ooh, over let's, let's take the over. Let's get nuts. We're gamblers now. That's what we talk. We're we're all gambling guys. (laughs) We're a gambling podcast, right? Uh, Is anyone else like, weirdly terrified of the uh inner miami home game on june 19th as like a harbinger of some other uh <laughs> like because adam you and i talked like that was my like last foray into the real world yep. i went to that game being like it's fine what's coronavirus <laughs> what could happen like i'll just go to a game we're outside and then like one day later it was like oh i have not been outside in a year. Right. like and so that yep. game at home just makes me be like eh. Maybe I skip that one. Maybe we, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, what jumped out to me was the entire opening stint uh, of the season. It's now been confirmed that the first three games or two games for for some teams, but your points per game through May sixth or whatever is going to be what qualifies you for the Open Cup this year. Eight MLS the now, clubs. The will now qualify. reduced. Yeah, US for Open the wow. the now the the U.S. Invitational Cup as yeah. as we'll call it this year. Um, so that and DC United game could have add double meaning, major yes. wow. repercussions, absolutely. Yeah, wow. And DC United's schedule is not that friendly for mm. for the first part schedule. Home against NYCFC, which they're not what they once were, but you know they they can ball. Ronnie Tyler has said that he needs better players, so that's a they just great signed start a guy. They signed one guy. No, I know, but it's never great when the coach is like <laughs> second time speaking to the media on the year is like. My players are bad. Give me it's better like, players. We are not. Well, I think good. he said more players. Like I think yeah. he's got a starting eleven. He doesn't have he, any he subs did, right now. I, I will. I, I do want to agree. What Ryan but for the U.S. Said, Open Cup, you need subs. He, but he that's said, not going to matter for week my, one. 
my best 11 is good. I just, I need something underneath that. Um, which is to imply that he basically believes, like, I've got a starting lineup and everyone else on my team sucks. Yep. Um, which <laughs> is not how, I, I don't know, I, it's not how I would have handled the press. Again, <laughs> a choice. Out, the NYCFC bench. We're here for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to, you know, talk confidentially, filibusterpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com, we'll, we'll, we'll set you up. Uh, but we have NYC to open and then at New England, who is a, uh, a pundit's favorite this year. Uh, we'll see if they can actually live up to having expectations, but they can't. You know, Bruce Arena has done it before. He's also not done it before, so we'll see. And then week Carlos three, Hill and Gustavo Bo are healthy. Um, that's true. That helps so, him and Gustavo a lot. Bo seems to have like for now. I, I realize he's like the weirdo whose expected goals and all the data says like this guy shouldn't be very good, and then he keeps scoring like bangers. Point oh two twenty four yard shots under pressure. Um, but he did that against DC every single game that they met last year. Why um, did Ben just leave with a crowbar? <laughs> Look, I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't have trouble. a. I don't have a crowbar. He didn't actually. I was. Never mind. Um, and then week three at San Jose for for DC. Those three games are going to determine whether they make the Open Cup. And it doesn't really get easier from there because then the next game is at Columbus, who's kind of the consensus pick to win every trophy this year mm-hmm. um so it, it could be a rough start for for dc united i mentioned last week with with sebi salazar that the mantra for the first part of the year is going to have to be patience and that's a a big part of why i think that now or that makes me think it even more because it, it is not a friendly start to the schedule the flip side of that is dc united gets six of nine at home to close the year yes even with the decision day game being at Toronto, they still finish with, I, I guess, six of the last eight before that last yeah. game being yes. at home. So 2018 vibes may be there. It's also, it's if you expand it out further, it's nine of the final 15 are home games. Um, so from mid-August onward, DC is just at home very often. Um, and the road games they have, I mean... NYCFC, uh, I don't know how good they're going to be. I know DC's had some nightmarish games. Uh, up th- you know, I if say they have no there, depth, they'll be nice and tired by then. Well, I say up there, but I don't actually know where that will be at that point of the year because they don't they don't know where they're going to play games at this point in time. Um, so that's an iffy one. I mean, Atlanta's going to have Joseph Martinez, so they're probably good again. Like the away games are kind of difficult. It's TFC, NYCFC. Orlando, Atlanta, and the Red Bulls. But on the the flip side of that, if you have nine games in your final 15 in MLS, the league where playing at home is just such a um, amplified uh, source of points, um, you it's a really good setup to just, if they can just hang in there. Um, and I mean, I, I'm, I realize this is like an uh, annual Ben Olsen talking point, but like, if they can just scrape some points here and there, and then they get into the late end of the schedule, um, the schedule is really kind of set up for a team that is finding itself for three or four months and then suddenly does start to find itself uh, late in the summer. Um, so yeah, I, if I'm, if I'm thinking, if I'm combining like Losada saying it's going to take a little while to get to the final product and that annual MLS tradition of like half the league being garbage for half the season and then being good at the end, um, this schedule is like really set up to sort of be like, we're going to help you get good at the end. We're going to help you with the second part. So if you're just not 
too bad in the garbage phase, this is promising for you. So I'm, you know, I, I like that for DC. It's it's a uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, I would much rather have it this way than the other way around because then we'd have all these home games when the team is still trying to figure out how they're supposed to play under a new coach. To continue our talk to our gambling friends, <laughs> which this is really just what this episode is about now. It's just a PSA to people who are considering gambling on MLS. Uh, we are four of the biggest MLS dweebs alive. Looking at this schedule, I have like a, an idea that like two teams will be good and like one or two will be bad. And I have no idea for any of the, like <laughs> zero idea, like anything could really happen. Like, is Atlanta United going to be good? Probably. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Is Inter Miami? No, like no. That's I, not... I, I'm going to say with a little more confidence, Inter Miami no. will not be good. Probably not. Um, but like, don't that... don't bet on MLS. <laughs> don't do it, guys. There's the just answer. Don't. Just don't. But just just like just don't do D- it. DC United nearly made the playoffs last year. Yeah, <laughs> and that was uh, that was the most abhorrent team, and a, and, a, <laughs> and a legendary coach got let go, and that was one of the most detestable teams to watch of my life and they came extremely close to me. Yeah. They arguably should have made the playoffs. There was, there was, a, the playoffs. There was an argument that they had no business missing the playoffs <laughs> on decision day, which yeah. is absurd, but he, he, that, that, that's where we are. Luckily, luckily or not, I guess uh, only seven teams from each conference are making the playoffs this year, not 10 from the there East like it was last year. So, you know, it's a, a slightly more reasonable playoff field this year, but uh, I, DC United has a chance to make it this year. Um, we'll we'll see. They are a chaos team right now, and yeah. it's been a while since DC has been properly a chaos team. I'm here for it. Uh, I'm really I'm excited for that. I'm really excited for the that end of the season run, though the 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 six home games and nine, hopefully with fans at that point. Like I actually think that is against fun teams, against interesting teams. Like I'm 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 excited about that. Like I think that that is cool. That's like yeah. one of the first things I've had to look forward to in a year. And, you know, you guys have all had some amount of the vaccine. I will hopefully have gotten it well in advance of that late season run. If not, I will be just crying all day, every day. But, you know, there's a chance that we'll have a full stadium by then. There's a mm-hmm. good chance we'll have a full stadium by then. And it'll be a really fun, cathartic release to to be able to be a part of that. So until then... Everyone wear your damn masks, get your shot when it's your turn. Um, don't wait. Don't feel bad about getting it before somebody else. Just get the damn just shot. Even if just you get, get it before it. me, even if you getting it takes my spot, do it anyway. Um, because it's better to just get the damn shot. Uh, be safe. Don't do stupid things. And let's get past this damn virus once and for all. So that we can go to soccer games. Amen. And don't gamble on MLS. That is the extent of our PSA tonight. (laughs) Anybody have any other PSAs or or thoughts to to get off their chest? Subscribe to the sneak. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to the sneak. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Find us at blackandredunited.com. Support us financially at patreon.com slash filibuster. Download, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. That applies to both Filibuster and The Sneak, of course. Find Nate at uh, For The Win at USA Today. And where are you on Twitter, Nate? At A. Nate Scott. 
find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu at black and red U for the website and of course all our personal accounts which if you don't follow you should I think we're a delightful bunch uh, on on the internet um, the best way to spread the word is to literally spread the word tell a friend about the show next time you're talking about DC United for Jason and Ben thanking Nate one more time I'm Steely Adam and we'll talk to you again real soon say goodbye Jason guys I might bet on MLS <laughs> don't no. do it don't guys, do let's it, do it. Jason. let's do it let's become MLS gambling guys let's, let, let's become gods let's if become earthquakes let's I'm just in. gamble let's gamble every week on the earthquakes and see what <laughs> happens to us